Welcome back to another edition of Talk Nerdy Me. We've got Troy here, and I have another special guest again. Uh, you probably recognize him. He's been on here a couple times. It's uh, Mr. H.H. How you doing, sir? Very good, sir. Thank you once again for having me and Sigma Comics uh, ready, ready, at, at the ready. <laughs> at the ready, just like Hector. <laughs> That's exactly right. We have uh, issue six has just uh, been deployed to the masses, so... We're, uh, we're ready to talk about issue six of Here Comes Calico. Yes, we are. Let me just, uh, uh, so everybody knows, where's it at? Here we go. I will share this to the screen. Oh, yeah. Funded. Yep. Here Comes Calico number six. Funded. There it yeah. is. Yeah. And uh, stop sharing there. And uh, I got a, I guess I got a sneak early copy of it. And man. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I will say this, though. I think this is probably the first comic book where I've actually seen a detailed picture of feces drawn on the page. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I'll let everybody's imagination run because that's I saw it. that. I, I had to go back and uh, read it again. I was like, yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Listen, we, uh, we don't pull punches and uh and uh, among other things so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean uh okay sick uh, and you're you're still looking at just eight issues right that's exactly right as as i mentioned in the previous episode here we have a <laughs> double issue for the last one so issue eight will be a double issue so no no need to fret we do have quite a bit of story left to tell but we've got quite a few pages left so yeah, I'm thinking number eight's probably gonna be omnibus size because man, I don't know how you're gonna tie this up. It's uh, we we get reintroduced to a few of the characters we hadn't seen in a while, right? And um, one new, I think just one new one. No, actually two new ones if you if you want to count. I I think there was, you know, I think there was a bit of foreshadowing. I, I may be wrong. Uh, right. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. And uh, when Hector was training in the gym, right? Um. There was an awful lot of attention paid to the guy he was sparring with. So right. I'm thinking we're probably going to see, I mean, you don't have to tell me, but I'm thinking we're going to see this guy again. Um, well, and we have seen him. Alpha is the fellow that sort of Hector coins his, him as Alpha. And he's right. sort of like, you know, it's every boxing gym has an Alpha, you know, and there's a pecking order in the boxing gym. So I think Alpha makes his appearance in issue three. That's really the first time that the, the public sees Alpha. He's just, you know, he's in the background there. But we do focus on him for a couple of panels in issue three. And he's the guy that runs the, the show there in, in Hector's, you know, weight class. So, you know, typically the way it works in a boxing gym, in a real boxing gym, and by real, I mean a professional uh, boxing gym, you have three main weight classes, lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. And every boxing gym has the, the rooster of the hen house in, in, in that division. So when you walk in, there is a very, very distinct pecking order. And you sort of know where you where you fit in that pecking order. And, and Hector, you know, implies that in, in issue three about sort of where where he is in that pecking order. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, he I, he was in the background on three, but he's he's pretty much in the forefront on a few few pages. So oh yeah, that's uh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, I I am waiting to see what you're gonna 
how he's going to be uh, introduced into the story uh, because to pay that much attention to one character, I'm thinking he's going to pop up somewhere down the line. Well, and de definitely on that one, no comment. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, you don't have to, to say yay or nay, but I that's that's my prediction. Yeah, uh, we yep. also see a couple other uh, uh, older characters. You know, we got my boy uh, Kingman. Yep, love that absolutely. dude. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely love that guy. Um, I don't think it was shown on screen, but they mentioned Fang. Yes. Um, yeah. Fang. Fang is around. That. Yeah, and we see the mobster guy. I can't remember his name, but ODB is ODB. Yeah, he's uh, you know, he's sort of he's got his tentacles into everything on the street, and one of the things he has his tentacle tentacles in is uh, the animal industry on many different criminal levels, right? So the the oh, yeah. big player, the big player who, as you pointed out, uh, also makes a reappearance in this issue is Sarah Bigman and, you know, Bigman food uh, corporation uh, is uh, indicated or referred to in issue two. That's really the first time the public learns about Sarah Bigman and her food corporation. Cause there's a, uh, you know, there's a big protest that's happening on, on dog mama on, and uh, uh, Hector's screen. And she's sort of telling him about the different, you know, people who are on the, the pinup gallery, Sarah Bigman is chief among them because that corporation has been causing, you know, millions of deaths every year of animals in many cases, you know, in a very criminal way. It's not just slaughtering the animals. They're doing actually terrible things to those animals. And that's where ODB comes in because you can make a lot of money. It, it's, it might be amazing to, to you guys in the crowd here and yourself as well, Troy, but, you know, it's not just about, killing the animal for you know for consumption you can make a lot of money on on animal death right you could do gambling for fighting you could do unfortunately this is a thing pornography bestiality that's wow. like a million you know multi-million dollar business and then you have trafficking you, there's a lot of trafficking of animals in in and around different uh, borders around the country so you can bring in narcotics and it's incredibly, uh, it's nefarious stuff. It, there's so many ways that you can unfortunately corrupt and pervert, you know, animals. And, and this asshole, I think you have to bleep that out or something. Uh, he's got, he, he's, he's knee deep into it. He's making millions of dollars every year. And it's because of Sarah Bigman, who's allowing him to feed into those markets. And he's just, he's just making money left, left and right, this guy. ODB. So, well, like I said, it, Hector uh, meets out a little justice <laughs> <laughs> to uh, you know not just the guys, the torturing guys, but uh, uh, he, he has a run in with Bigman. Oh yeah, run in. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, what I like about Hector is he doesn't just get just he doesn't just take them out it's always some kind of poetic ending <laughs> with right. these guys and, right uh, and, well, well said troy well yeah, said same, same thing with her i mean with the dog fighting ring he kind of he let the dogs at the guy right right this is right. reminiscent of that <laughs> right yeah it uh like i said if you guys don't like gore or you're a little queasy 
you might want to skip over some of these pages. <laughs> because it, uh, he, he does take them out, but this is the first time I've seen uh, Hector in a couple, not the first time, in a couple issues where he's actually, he's, they've taken him to task. He's, he's been close to being taken down. Right. Uh, more than once. In this another good, another good point, Troy, because this is why we, you know, we get a lot of comparisons to, you know, Daredevil and Batman. This guy's not super powered, and and we make it very clear. We remind the the readers on a regular basis, Calico is not a superhero. He's just a, a regular guy who throws on a, a super suit, and he's just at, as at risk as of anyone else out there, except for his suit does allow him to take it a little bit further on the, you know, sort of superhuman scale, but not, not by much. So he's definitely at, uh, at the mercy of nature. Yeah. I have a feeling a chiropractor is in his future because <laughs> he gets worked over pretty good in this issue. Right. right. Um, and he has his, uh, I don't want to say unveiling, but he kind of, the public is kind of aware of him at the end of this issue. Right. So it's almost like, you know, the end of Iron Man when, you know, <laughs> Tony Stark came out and he said, hey, I'm Iron Man. It's it's pretty close to that that type of a reveal. Right. Uh, without showing his face. But, yeah, it, it, I saw that, and I, you know, and then he realizes he has the public's backing. So I'm waiting to see where he goes with that. Right. It's uh, – we wanted to – work in the audience as well in this issue because they're a big part of, of the series and frankly we can't do it without them um and it's just to say that the calico is a man of the people you know even though as you know he's not the biggest fan of people uh he gets a, a, an interaction with them and you sort of see a moment kind of emotional moment there towards the end of how Basically, he, he deals with that. It's very awkward for him because, you know, he's not the most social, you know, people person. So, but he, he, he realizes that he's not alone in, I mean, he knows he's not alone in his fight against animal abuse. There are other people who love animals. It's just he doesn't realize the magnitude of how many people actually appreciate what he's doing. So. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this next question. Uh, like I said, in the first six issues, we're introduced to a boatload of characters. <laughs> and I, I'm, you know, just through storytelling, I know you don't introduce a character that's not going to be used. Right. So are we going to see some of these other guys return, you know, like the, the wrestler guys, the jiggler, the, I mean, all these cool characters, they're in one issue. And then, you, you know, you kind of go on and introduce some more characters hoping I guess that we forget about them. So are, are they, if you can tell me, if not, that's fine. Sure. You'll see a lot of these guys come back and. and, yeah. and what, what I could say is that some of them, some of them will, some of them won't. Uh, I can tell you, for instance, uh, you know, Kingman, who makes a very pivotal appearance in this issue. I mean, he's, he's the man with the, with the master plan, you know, and uh, it's pretty clear at this point to the reader that he's not a someone who's just in the periphery right so he's someone who makes a very bold uh takes a very bold stance here in this issue and uh i love the for those for those of you who aren't reading the series you really have to get your hands on here comes calico 
because uh, you're going to love the series, but it's not just uh, Hector the Calico. It's a lot of rich characters like Kingman. And this issue is really uh, case in point. Um, Kingman come in, comes in and you really get to see the, the intricacy of what Kingman, of his participation in this story. Um, and it's just going to ramp up even more. If you think, you know, he... Ex if you think his appearance is accentuated here, it, it's this is nothing yet. I mean, he's really, it's something really uh, special that's happening with Kingman. So he's he's got his hands in some nefarious stuff uh, that's not related to the animal stuff. I mean, he's right. He like you said, he's running a big section of New York there. Um, right. I just uh, and, and like you said, another thing. I mean, if you guys haven't been reading this series. Uh, you can go uh, on your guys' website. There was a Sigma Comics, uh, right. and, uh, and buy all the way up to issue six now, and get right. caught up because it's not just uh, for me anyway. It's not just the uh, animal justice part of it. Right. right. You're also giving a, a for me. You're giving a voice to a, a bunch of different sections of the community that have been on the periphery, like you said. I mean, because you know Kingman, he's got Down syndrome. But dude, right. he's running stuff. Oh yeah, uh, you got the, the the little the little people gang. Right, they're, they're right. doing some damage up in there. Uh, you got the jiggler. He's got some some mental issues, but he's right. a, a really prominent character. So I I think you're giving a voice to these uh, characters that were typically before they were kind of tertiary type characters that weren't really uh, protagonists or antagonists uh, in stories, and in this one. Um, man, these these guys are just as dangerous as anybody else, which is right. how it is in real life. So I, I like that that realism. Right. Um, you know, as as I hear you say that, Troy, I remember when I was a kid. Uh, I'm a I'm a Gen Xer, and I think Troy, you are a Gen Xer too. And yep. when I was a kid, I don't know if you remember this, Troy, but when we were kids, there was a show. I think it was on CBS. It was like a made-for-TV movie. It was called Night of the Scarecrow, something like that. And yeah. you remember that? And oh, it was, yeah. you know, starts out with this simple guy. He's probably in his, probably in his late 30s, early 40s. And, and he doesn't have, you know, his facilities. He definitely has some, uh, you know, intellectual, you know, mental challenges. Uh, and which is to say, he's probably on, on the disabled spectrum there. Um, but he's a very loving person. And something happens where, because he's so gentle, uh, he attracts children and he, he does better with children. And I guess something happens to a, a little girl in, in the town or she disappears or something like that. And he's blamed for, as being the person who, you know, who did something evil to her because he's, he's hanging out with little children. And of course the town gets together and, and they, you know, they basically do a very bad thing to him, despite the fact that the sheriff and the cops are saying, hey, listen, we don't have any evidence yet. You know, the town folk sort of, some of the town folk sort of take into their own hands. I would say this is a similar type of situation where you have key pivotal characters who are not, you know, they're sort of, as you mentioned, tertiary, you know, society, socially. Uh, and that's the same thing with Night of the Scarecrow. You know, here we have a, a very prominently placed character who you wouldn't necessarily have in the forefront of the story. And in that capacity, um, we're doing something very different, as you pointed out. And we're also telling a very powerful story 
around you know the fight against animal abuse. Really, uh, a really sort of uh, intense character there. So, um, like I said, for those of you who aren't reading the uh, the series, you really have to get this. It's really good. Uh, we're getting a lot of wonderful reviews, and and uh, I'm very appreciative to all the people who are helping us on this. So we we see a lot of uh, a lot of good things for this uh, for this series. Uh, and uh, I, I, you know, I go to a lot of cons, and I seem to run into you at more than just a handful of them. Right. Uh, so what's your? I mean, the con season is kind of wrapping down, but uh, what's your? Do you have a schedule for next year yet, where some, maybe some people come out and meet you? Yeah. Copy, get get it signed or something. Yeah, we would have had. I, I guess. Well, next this weekend there's a last show, big big Apple Comic Con. And uh, we, I think this would have been show number 46 of this year, <laughs> 45 or 46, if I'm not mistaken. So we, we, we got around this year, Troy, as you pointed out. Next year, it'll be more of the same, but it, the, the schedule won't be as intense. I think we'll probably do something like maybe 40 shows. Still a lot, but a, yeah. a little less than, than last year. Um, and it's because we've pared it down to the shows that we know we want to do. Um, so yeah, absolutely, we'll be at all the shows, the big major ones. Uh, I think I, I saw you at uh, Denver Fan Expo. Uh, we'll be there again this next upcoming year to 2023. Um, uh, we will be at all the big shows. HeroCon. We'll be at uh, MegaCon. We'll be at Comic Con, of course, in San Diego. So uh, I think the only big big show that we won't be doing next year is Emerald City. Uh, and that's just because it's a, it's a little too much of a of a trek for us at the, for that time of the year. Um, but otherwise, we're doing all the all the big shows, absolutely. Yeah, and like I said, it, you know, for people that haven't read it, um, you you take boatloads of, of books to these shows, but you you always come back empty-handed. So right, we're buying them. I mean, the, every time. Yeah. Every time, Troy, and, and that's just one ad, uh, additional thing I'll say to the shows. We sell out every every show we go to. Uh, I, I think I mentioned last time that we're we're trying to work. We actually, to this day, believe it or not, we don't have a distribution deal, but we're we're working on it right now for the first time uh, in our two-year history. We'll be two years now, I guess, uh, this month, and um, it's uh, it's great because we've been able to give the product right into the hands of our fan base. And there's nothing like that. And we have, we've had now two years experience in doing that. So we wanted to make sure we had a good, stable, firm footing before we approached a um, you know, distributor. We know for a fact now that our product does very well. It, it's not a matter now of, uh, well, if it's going to sell well, you know, we, we have a, we did a case study right here. Uh, Troy, I have a deli down the block and um, my MO is Monday. I'm coming back from another city Sunday night, I should say uh, sometimes Monday morning and I'll stop and get like a bagel or something at the, at the store. And the guy's like, Oh, you do another show. Hey, yeah, okay. Well, how did it go? And I said, Oh, well, well, well how, you know what? How about I drop some comics uh, at your store here? Cause you see me every Monday. This is a deli. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You've been selling out. Let's try it here at the deli. Troy, we've sold out every weekend. I drop off 25 comics 
uh, five issues of each of each title. So right now on the sheet, we have uh, issue five. So five issues of number uh, one through five. So that's 25 comics. Every Monday it's sold out. I come back. And uh, that's now a month and a half. Every Monday I drop 25 comics at the deli of all places. <laughs> Sells out there. And that's really the, that along with every weekend selling out. I mean, this thing's just going to, you put it anywhere, it's going to sell. And that's what we're telling now the distributor that we're working with, uh, that we're hopefully going to be working with moving forward. They're still evaluating our application, but uh, it, it's not a matter of if, it's, it's just a matter of when can we get those things in the stores, in all the comic book shops, and we're, we're going to have a team following up with all the stores so that they know how to sell this thing. It's not enough to just put it in the back of Indy and in the bottom shelf. You really have to give this thing a prominent fixture at the store, and it's going to do really, really well, especially at the price point. It's going to do well. Now, I, I'm not surprised at all that it sells out at the deli. I, it, it's, <laughs> it's such a good book. I mean, the name alone, and then, you know, you see the suit. Um, it's and then when people actually figure out what it is there's so many animal lovers out there once they right. figure it out they, and they read this there's not another book out there that i know of like right. this so not i spoke to, at all right i spoke to the guy from uh uh guy what's the name stray dogs yeah Tony i Cruz. finally spoke to him because everybody's been telling me to speak to him because you know we're at the same shows every every weekend and i finally spoke to him uh not the was it the writer I think it, uh, and i don't know if it's tone rodriguez um, i think there's another guy one of those guys i know it's one of the two guys that works on that book and i spoke to him we had a good conversation but and i picked up his book the stray dogs and people saying oh yeah it's kind of like that i said oh man this is like <laughs> maybe uh, a different yeah. perspective it's not it's definitely not Stray dogs is heartbreaking <laughs> right right it's in in calico is more hopeful Right. Way more satisfying. Right. Yeah. The Calico. Right. Here comes Calico is on a different end of that story. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we give a lot. Like you said, we give a lot of we give a lot of people a lot of hope with the Calico. So no doubt about that. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, got fully uh, kickstarted. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing here uh, you'll be starting the Kickstarter for number seven soon then, right? Very soon, very soon. No more waiting, you know, three months. We're going to be at this within less than a month. We'll be at for number seven again. So by the time you guys watch it, start going to Kickstarter and looking for Here Comes Calico number seven uh, and right. back it. So we can get this thing funded quick and out here because I right. want to see that issue number eight. I, I got to yeah. see it. <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful issue. Um, Troy, let me tell you something. I'm, I just saw the initial, the preliminary sketches for the cover for issue eight. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. These covers have been jaw-dropping, each one of them. But it, yeah, it's sort I, of like... Show the cover for number six? Is that going to be okay? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, while he's talking oh, about yeah. it right there, <laughs> this isn't some crappy artwork, you know, <laughs> uh, stick figure type stuff. Uh, look at that. The, the detail... Yeah, dude, that suit is just amazing. And yep. it took you know it took me a couple issues to figure out what his name Calico. It's actually different colors on the suit, right? Kind of like a Calico cat. And I, it, right. you know, it took me like two or three issues to figure that out. I was like, oh man, how did I miss that? But yeah, <laughs> not just the detail on the covers. That you know, the interiors are really good as well. So right, 
Uh, it's, it's not crappy artwork. It's not a crappy story. It's just a, it's right. good all the way around. Um, yeah. I'm just waiting for the right set of eyes to see it because yeah. as soon as they do this, I think this is going to be a big hit for you guys. Uh, it's already a big hit, but I think it's yeah. going to be more mainstream once right. the right eyes get it. Right. Grassroots wise, it, it frankly already is. We just a slight little tidbit story here quickly. We went to Comic-Con this year, San Diego. We got approved first year, first time ever, uh, first time we applied. And we were in that small press aisle, which we will be again next year. And I was told by our neighbor, who's been in comics for over 20 years, that we sold out, uh, we sold more comics than every other comic book in small press, including two really big names that everybody knows like in the indie space that have Kickstarters that are six figures, that are in the six figures. Um, again, we barely, you know, we're a small, you know, shop that's less than two years old and we're, we're outselling big names in, in the indies. So I, I didn't even know who these people were and uh, we sold them out left and right. And apparently there was some contention because they were getting a little upset that everybody was coming buying our comics. So. Uh, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I won't be sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I mean, like I said, guys, go to Sigma Comics uh, online uh, or your if your local shop's carrying it, go there. If they're not carrying it, uh, shame on them. Yeah. Uh, tell them to start carrying it. And if not, get them online. The, the first five and six, I'm sure, will be up here soon. Yeah. Get caught up because uh, seven and eight uh, – it's going to hit that proverbial fan. I, I see it coming. So I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting. All these great characters are going to be just mashed together and it's going to be, this ending is going to be bloody. I'm sure. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. <laughs> very, very cool. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to, uh, yep. to talk to me about this. Yep. And uh, like I said, guys, go get it and start looking for that Kickstarter for number seven. Happy holidays to everybody. Want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy Happy New Year. And uh, enjoy the holidays. Happy and healthy. Yeah, and be nice to your pets. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, HH. You got it. Thank you.